And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello and welcome to another edition of Red Side of the Trent. This is your host Adam Wicklow speaking and I'm joined by Reese Lane and Christian Brown to go through Forest 4-0 loss at Leicester City, which is Forest's fifth league defeat in a row, which leaves us bottom of the league now on goal difference and only four points. Massively disappointing, obviously. We're all feeling the effects, obviously, uh, speaking after the day after the game on Monday night. I'm just going to start with you, Reese, because obviously you was there. Like, I just want to get more of a feel. What was it like in the ground, obviously? Because although the fans kind of turned up for the second half, it seems it's a little too little, too late kind of thing on the pitch. And um, I, I don't know what it what it would be like in the stands, but maybe you can offer a bit more perspective. Obviously, going there with with your better half and that. So, what, take it away. Um, I mean, I think the the. The major point for me was it was a big game last night, not because it was Leicester, but because it was the two sides who was at the bottom, the bottom two in the league. It just happened to be Leicester who, you know, really dislike us. Um, you know, I listened to their pundit on Talksport um yesterday, and he was like trying to play it down, making out Leicester have got loads of rivals and all this crap. And I was like, like who? But yeah. You know, they're, they're at home under pressure as well and they was always going to be up for it, Leicester. Especially, I think, as well, there'll be some resentment last season because of the FA Cup. Obviously, they capitulated to us as good as we was that day as well. Um, and I think that had probably been in their minds, probably started the demise for Rodgers, really. And I thought there was going to be something unique about football now. We kind of started the demise for Leicester and pretty much ended it, but obviously that wasn't to be. But yeah, they had the little display, didn't they? Which um, handmade display, which you could see because it had a massive tear in it on the left side. And it's welcome to, what was it? Welcome to famous city or something, which I don't really know what Leicester's famous for, but that's a different 
conversation. And obviously, I'd be trying to get a bit of a bite out of Wes Morgan old in the Premier League, which, you know, is a bit weird, but whatever. And well, I won't say it was an amazing atmosphere. There, there was, like, obviously, the away section, there was the barriers to the away section were full of, like, you know, typical Stone Island jackets and gazelles. And, you know, I'm saying this as myself wears them and that, but you know what I mean with the more of the attitude. But yeah, it was, it was just not really anything special, the atmosphere. But, you know, once once they got ahead, it was just, you know, it was as typical the last few games, wasn't it? Forest just completely collapsed within, what was it, a 10-minute spell this time. And the game's out of sight after half an hour again within a 10-minute spell. And, you know, he had all this stuff second half, Forest fans singing and that. But in my opinion, that's become a bit like a cheerleaders, really. That's just like, oh, we're getting credit on social media. But at the end of the day, that doesn't get us any points on the pitch, does it? So, no. you know, they, they kept behind them, but the game was dead. And to be honest, Forest didn't. I know they had a couple of chances, but we didn't look like scoring all night, to be honest. Would, would you say, though, the attitude of supporters has changed? Has anyone started to kind of grumble of going, it might be time for Steve Cooper to go? Or do you think there's still quite a good support for him within the within the terraces kind of thing? Because obviously it's different to social media and everything and, and, and home support, but away supporters is where your hardcore are. So that's all I was, I was getting at as well. There's, there's nothing against Cooper in the terraces at all. Um, I've no, I've not heard, you know, last night I didn't hear one person saying, you know, slagging Cooper off. Um, there'll be obviously the odd person, probably even myself included, who would have criticised players at times because, you know, there was actions in the game which just weren't good enough. Um, Leicester, for me, showed a lot more desire than us. Uh, they wanted to win it more than us and that's why they won it. And yeah. they had that bit of quality in Madison who, you know, was the difference really. But um, no, there was nothing like that from the stand. Um, you know, the the problem is as well. I, I this would be a bit, little bit controversial, but with some fans, it's like a happy to be here mentality, in my opinion. And you, you, you I get that because we spent twenty three years outside the top flight. But you know, you, we've got a, we want to stay here. You know, we want to stay here. We don't want to. We don't want to go back down, and it's not as well. It's not a guarantee that would come straight back up. You could end up spending another twenty-three years in the second and third division. So we want to stay here, and we've got to start getting results, and that's why it boils down to really. Yeah, Christian, I'm going to bring you in. Obviously, the changing of the lineup and the formation was a a big plus. I thought because it was something I cried out for definitely. In the last podcast, Kayate, Lewis O'Brien, and Jesse Lingard come back in for Willie Burley, Ryan Yates, and Remo Foyler. Uh, so we've got no Yates, no Worrell, but obviously Cook and McKenna kind of still in the lineup. What did you did you think it was a positive change? Did you think it would be better than than it should have been because it was nowhere near good enough? I thought. Um, I mean. Like what I said before in the last pod, where I, I, I said I didn't think a formation change would make that much difference. That was exactly why. Because it was still two in the middle and they were still overran. So if, you, if you're going to change, it has to be complete. Like it has to go to at least a 4-3-3 or something like that because it's, it's just going to be exactly the same. 
And again, like, you know, we'll come on to Cooper in more depth, I'm sure, later on in the podcast. But for God's sake, man, please just help yourself and stop fucking starting Steve Cook in Premier League matches. It's clear he's good enough. And, you know, you, you saw it. Like, the space Leicester has, they just, like, they just moved through the lines. Like, it was the easiest thing in the world. It was like watching a training exercise. We were all at sea everywhere. And, you know, it's testament to how bad they are defensively that we still managed to fashion out the best chance of the game, like in the first, in the opening spell, because you know, they should have been well out of sight, Leicester. They should have been four or five and up by the 15th minute. They had so many chances that they all like balls that they weren't getting on the, on, you know, on the end of, and, you know, stuff like that. Crosses flashing by the box or just missing the man, you know, headings going wide. So, I mean, Vardy had one. There was, um, Someone else who had to go out Jewsbury Hall. Sorry, yeah, I don't know why we shouldn't have scored. You know, they just cut us to pieces, absolute ribbons. And, you know, we gave them so much time and space in the middle of the park. Like, O'Brien, like, we've all championed him to be back in the squad. He was rightfully hooked at half time. He was dreadful. Mm. Like, Kiyase wasn't much better either, but then they were exposed. They were completely exposed. Leicester had four across that midfield, and we had two. So obviously, that like, drew Cook and you know, McKenna. In positions they want to be in, you had Lod- Lodi and Williams. Williams was abysmal, by the way. Like, mm. Again, rightfully hooked at half time. And I don't want to sound like one of these know it all, oh, I was right sort of thing. But I'm, yeah, I said at the start of the season very publicly, there is no way he's in the same league as Jed Spence. And apart from one half decent game against West Ham, I'm yet to see anything from Neko Williams that suggests he's even close to be able to tie his fucking laces. He's yeah. a huge downgrade on what we had before. And uh- you look at like it was it was just a mess it was an absolute mess and again I, I really want, want this to work for Cooper I want him to stay if it was up to me he wouldn't even be under any form of pressure at all I know that might sound stupid to some but I just think you know you parachute a man, if you parachute a manager now with 23 new players okay it's about 20 given people are on loan etc etc but still if you parachute a manager in with what we have um, I don't see how they're going to do any better. Okay, you might get the occasional defensive tweak that makes it slightly good for three or four games, but these players are still finding each other out. It, it's not going to be any different with Cooper or anyone else. So, but equally, uh, yeah, he's not without fault here. That formation change was a disaster. The personnel he picked was a disaster, and it proved the game was done after 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Like after that, anything after that was just insult to injury. I thought Cooper has based himself on on hard work and ethic uh, last season, especially. And last night, there was times where Drewsbury Hall would get the ball left midfield or Barnes or or wherever. And even our forward players weren't helping us out in wide areas. Lingard helped out a little bit. And Johnson, it would be too little, too late. The ball would already pretty much be in the box by the time he's come back to help Nico Williams. But... Check Kiate like last night for me. Ch- Ch- Kiate for me. I'd, he was like playing up front half the time. I thought he was just yeah, like no they were man's way land. Too far forwards. They weren't Matt, holding shape at all. Like, they, it looked like a team that'd be thrown together. For the, yeah, the top, first the time top. we've seen like at least in, in other games we've seen little bits of cohesion. We've seen little bits of symmetry. We've seen structure. There was nothing yesterday. It was just eleven individuals on a pitch, not knowing their jobs, not knowing their game plans. Like you know, we we've seen that clip now of Gibbs White and Cook arguing with Koyate and O'Brien because no one knew what they were doing. Like it, it, I guess like 
you know, in times of like, you know, adversity, you normally like, you go back to your basics or whatever else. Changing formation like that was an absolute disaster. The, the problem was as well, like, you know, Christian, you know, uh, said it earlier, they had four midfielders and um, we're not talking about four poor midfielders. We're talking about Wilfred and Didi, who a couple of seasons ago, everyone was banging on about who's one of the best CDMs in the Prem. You've got Tillmans, who's been linked with Arsenal. And then you've got Dewsby Hall, who's highly rated. Um, and then and then obviously Madison, who's who took the mick last night, took the mick out of Forest. So much space. And it literally went from him to Dewsby Hall to Harvey Barnes. And when Williams was on a card, they targeted him. And that's why he got dragged off at half time. Because he would have got himself sent off because it and that and Barnes scored by cutting inside him and curving it round at him and McKenna. And we just, you know, we can't keep getting outnumbered in midfield in this league when you've got the quality Leicester have, you know, you know, all the talk this morning again is now James Madison should be in the England squad. And he's, in my opinion, yeah, he's, he's definitely in the conversation. And we literally gave him, we literally gave him to do the freedom to do what he's won. I mean, early on, he, he, I think he tied a lot of his legs in us twice and put him on his backside. And then our, our dudes before didn't score from the cross, I don't know. And that, that was the let off. And then Forrest let him off with a one-year's chance. And then, you know, they go ahead, lucky. But that first goal was crucial last night and they got it and they never looked back from that. We have to talk about the one-year chance because it was actually nice football. Like Lingard pick, coming off the, off the left wing, picking out Morgan Gibbs White on the half turn, which you want, them two linking up. Great ball for a one-year. And Jort's weird. I want to rewatched it. And I thought he should have put it left of Danny Ward because he even had time to put give himself another touch because that weight faz went the other way. Like he went he completely he'd gone into like Rose Ed to go and have a sit down because he couldn't do anything about it. And I don't know how he won his miss, but you get punished in this league for missing your chances because literally two minutes later they go and score. Yes, it's a deflection. If if McKenna doesn't touch it, it just pop, Henderson just catches the ball. But this is when you know your luck's not going your way. The 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 ball, the bounce of the ball wasn't going our way for the opening twenty minutes, but it did not make one bit of difference because Leicester were knocking on the door from minute one with Vardy running in behind our two slow centre halves, picking the ball up, doing what they wanted, and then. Most teams, you would say, when they concede a goal, that's when they're most vulnerable. But that seems to be Forest at the moment. We become even more vulnerable because within a minute or so, Harvey Bart, we're picking the ball out the back of the net. It was a terrific strike from Barnes. Don't take it away from him, but it shouldn't be allowed to happen. Kayate is like up front, and there's just so much space in our midfield at the moment. It's an absolute farce. I don't know if like- anyone you want to add to that, but it's a, it's a joke. No, like you, like you said, Adam, the goal was coming. I know we had the chance with a one you hit the post, but they were knocking on the door because you could just see it. You know, like you just said there, Vardy would get, he's lost that yard of pace, Vardy, because he got off, he was offside a couple of times. But you could see there were so many times where Madison could have just put him through. And McKenna or Cup wouldn't have caught up with him in behind. He got in behind, I think, twice. He set the Barnes goal up and he had the one where he, I think he scuffed it into Anderson where he got in behind. Hmm. And it, it was just coming. And and then you, you're concerned now with Forrest is when they go 1-0 down, you've got to have really, you know, a 10, 15-minute break where we don't concede again and conceded twice again this time. And the game, the game's the game's out of sight after half an hour. You know, Forrest, Forrest aren't going to come back from 3-0 down against anybody. No, no chance. 
You know, we, we, it's like last last night we've gone to a side who are absolutely leaking goals left, right, and centre, and we've not tested Danny Ward all night, as far as I can remember. Where he's no. made off and pulled a really good save. The what the one your chance second half. You know, Ward called his bluff, and he did like the kind of thing you do on FIFA for those who play, where you bring your goalkeeper out thinking he's going to chip him, and he just scuffed it straight at him, didn't he? And I mean, we'll we'll, we'll get on to that later, but like. Before the Madison free kick, before we get into that, because it is a terrific strike, I'm not going to take anything away from James Madison, but uh, I saw a start at the end of the game that Leicester ran seven kilometres more than us. Um, the, chat, the the three goals actually only created 0.1 xG, and that's when you know your luck's not going, because it seems like every single game, there's a goal of the season contender against us. And I don't, that, that is not down to allow... like the players are obviously very good in this league, but we are allowing teams just to have free hits at goal and they're just going in every single time. Henderson's not getting anywhere near him. Most keepers wouldn't in this division, but you can't just allow that every single week because we're going to get punished. The level is so, so high and the hard work needs to start. We need to start becoming more resolute. If it means we become a bit more negative and boring, so be it, but it's getting tiresome. Um, Christian, any, any, I, I don't know what you want to add to that because it's, I don't know, I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's, I mean, really, most of it is preventable, and you know, okay, the first one's a fluke. Let's get that right. Madison, it's, it's taken a lucky deflection. Should he have been allowed that time to shoot? Probably not, but it, you know, that, that's just very unfortunate. I'd say that's more of an example of your luck being against you than any others. The second one, we know Harvey Barnes is a good player. Williams loses his duel there. And just lets Barnes come inside, doesn't go and shut him down, has lost the ball, and just thinks it's someone else's problem. Barnes goes and scores. Abysmal, dog shit defendings, put it mildly. Look at the third goal, you know, they catch us in the counter, he's walked through the lines, and unnecessary slash net, maybe necessary fouls made because of the position he's in. We've seen Madison do that time and time again before for Leicester. You know, again, you, you give a, a, a free kick specialist a ball there, it's like a penalty. And that's at, at that point, it's. You know, but again, it, you have to you have to question why was he allowed or why were they allowed the free run through the middle they were to begin with. So it's just frustrating because all the things that you know above every, all the swashbuckling sort of style we had last year and the way that we played and the way that we pulled teams apart of our pace, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, the bedrock of that was defensive solidity. I think we only let in what twenty eight goals, I think, on the keeper, something like that, and four of those came in one game. So you know. It, I think that might, that might be wrong, but it was a very low number. Yeah. And that just seems, it's just gone way out the window. Like, it just doesn't seem at the minute like we can defend. As soon as the ball comes into our half now, doesn't matter who we're playing, they just think they're going to score. Because I don't trust the defenders we have on the pitch to do their jobs. I don't trust the midfielders to be well supported enough to deal with the threat because they're outnumbered. And I don't, from what I saw last night, I don't trust the players to know what they're meant to be doing because they just looked confused. Yeah. Like we saw, like before, just like, to again, add... I don't want to like keep hammering Williams, although, you know, you expect more from £17 million player. It's very easy to see why Liverpool got rid of him for a start. But we had Marco Silva in the summer saying that um, they were going to pass on buying Beko Williams. He was obviously on loan there because he didn't feel he could be trusted defensively in a back four. Now, Marco Silva is saying that. Marco Silva, you know, gung-ho, enthusiast, very rarely focuses on any defending. It's how he got caught out before in the Prem with Watford and Everton. 
Well, we did fairly well with Watford, but Everton especially got caught out big time for that. If he's saying defensively that Williams isn't good enough in a four for the Premier League, then why is he in a four for Forest in the Premier League? Mm. It just doesn't make sense. Everything, every principle that Cooper sort of wanted in place is just slowly being eroded. And it's just very frustrating to see because it's so preventable. Reese. Just to add the first goal as well. I mean, Lingard's clearance and uh, that starts that off. I oh, mean, yeah. He <laughs> oh, literally dear. a great, a great, assist, great assist for James Madison. I, I thought they were playing back for England together. But yeah, and the, the thing is, when you look down, you know, you allow players to shoot like we keep doing, don't we? Every game allowing players to shoot, you know, via deflection or a piece of quality. It's ended up in the top corner. And you, you know, you can't, I get what you're saying, Adam, about teams are scoring great goals against us, which they are, but you've got to help yourself sometimes, you know. Oh, what yeah, I mean? no, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with that. But, you know, when we're not closing players down or, you know, we're giving them time to shoot, you just, it's just a recipe for disaster, really. Yeah, I mean, when you're not pressing the ball and you're not winning the second ball again, I mean, we thought, like, like Christian said, we, we, uh, we really hoped for, for Lewis O'Brien to come in and, and last night, was a shadow of that player that we saw come on against Fulham where he really wanted to fight for the shirt and fight for the cause. Last night, him and Kiate were complete and utter strangers, in my opinion. It was chalk and cheese, really. Like, Kiate was brilliant, I thought, against Bournemouth when, when he made his home debut. Last night, I thought he was absolutely disgraceful, <laughs> in, yeah, in all honesty. To, to, be, to be honest, mate, the whole team last night, were none of them... None of them are good enough. Me, me missing said after the game, who would you give our man of the match to? Nobody. There was nobody on that pitch last night who could have come off and thought, I've done all right tonight. None of them. None of them at all. Yeah. I mean, if I was going to give anyone a tiny bit of credit, I actually thought it was Brennan Johnson's best game. Mm. I actually yeah, thought he looked, he, looked, he looked quite dangerous coming off the right. And I thought, do you know what? That's his position now for the rest of the season, in my opinion. Not, not as a striker, as a right winger or right midfielder. But he has to do a little bit more going back the other way at the moment because we're in, we're treading in heavy, heavy water at the moment. It's it's not good. But second half, we obviously slung a few players. Yates, Froilo and uh, uh, Serge Aurier came on for his debut for Lewis O'Brien and, and Nico Williams rightfully and although the game was it was done so you can't really say we looked better because Leicester just completely stepped off the gas for us but Christian would there be any ounce of positivity to take from that and obviously Mangala coming on is a, is a plus I think that's the only thing Mangala coming on as a sub I don't see what else Aurier they look decent, by all accounts, when he came on. Uh, again, I think we're going to have a, a keeper just have a serious uh, debate internally as to whether Oray starts against Villa. Uh, because, uh, uh, I, to be honest, again, Oray is a quick fullback. We know he's fast. We know, okay, he might not be able to dribble around people like Jed Spence did, but he'll at least be able to track back defensively and help bail out some of the pace issues that we've had there. Uh, Williams can't do that. He just isn't quick enough. It's just, just <laughs> it's not his fault. He just isn't quick enough. So, Aurier and Mangala come back on a big positives. I mean, we just have to see whether Niakasi can come back with the other positive. I guess the other positive, uh, I don't know, the game finished. 
<laughs> you only one, you only conceded one more in the second half compared to the three. We let, we, yeah, there we go. We didn't concede three goals in five minutes like we did for the last three games, whatever it was. Um, no, no, not really. I mean, apart from you can maybe make a claim for the the um, the through balls Gibbs White put into the penalty box, like the one he put for a Wally the first half, maybe. But then it's not enough. Like it's, no. it's like Gibbs White. Yeah, okay, his corners were poor last night. So many got added out by the first man. And, you know, we know Leicester are poor from set piece and you've got to put it on the money, put Danny Ward under pressure. We just didn't do that. You know, in, 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 in both one, the boxes. very first corner. Yeah, the box. very first corner. Yeah, we, and he moaned saw, into for a foul. We saw that, we're like, okay. Yeah, and then... Yeah, you saw Ward, like, flap at thin air yeah, and then go exactly. crying to the ref so he was pushed. Mm. There was no one near him. Like, we should have seen that as a massive lift. Like, right, okay, boy, the next one that comes in, we put it same area, We'll put him under pressure again yeah. and we'll watch him struggle again. Put yeah, someone we'll like Uyate on him, who's a big happen. lad. But you, you yes, seen exactly. you seen the second half when a one you went through, Ward struggled. He come out for that one what he come to the edge of the box, but he was in completely no man's land. A good player would have just yeah, dinked I don't know it how over him. Yeah, it was a poor. I don't know how it. either of them did score that. Yeah, one I mean, of them uh, scored there. A, a good I, striker would have just dinked that over him. I thought Johnson would have just hit that first time yeah. as well afterwards, and that you can tell there that is the confidence that we're suffering yeah, with. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the other one, one, I think he was offside, but Emmanuel Dennis, he got put in from an angle, and he, mm. he like he'd never hit the ball in his life. He scuffed it about ten yard wide, mm. and I was just like, just come. <laughs> Yeah, I just couldn't believe what I was watching, really, at times. It's just frustrating because, you, you know, I know Forest fans say, you know, Leicester and a derby and that, but it it was a local derby last night and it was a big, big game and Forest didn't show enough balls in that game and Leicester did. The guy at the back for them, the David Luiz look like, first five minutes he was win- getting a ball, winning headers, getting himself stuck in, put himself about, and, th- and that set the tempo. And, and Forrest just... Who for Forrest? I think Aurier made one second half a great tackle. Who for Forrest put in a crunching tackle last night or a bit of, you know, get the fuck out of my way, I'm winning this ball. It just didn't. It just no. didn't do it. It's, it's becoming a bit of a never-ending story and a bit of a kind of time loop of, of, of complaining, really, about the same sort of things. And it is getting a bit boring, but this is... You, uh, we, none of us are, are going to call out for Cooper because it's just not going to happen because of, of what he's done. But there has to, there's going to be a, a limit, surely, because he is making the same errors, it seems, each and every week. And yeah, you can give him the leeway of, oh, he's got so many new players. Well, just pick your best team and make it dead simple. Put Make it go back to basics. Defend, defend first and, and, and attack second sort of thing because... At the moment, we're just completely and utterly shambolic. At the moment, we are the laughing stock at the moment of the Premier League because Leicester might have spent 150 million pounds to be Norwich. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're worse than Norwich at the but minute. Time, yeah. What I've watched of Norwich last two seasons in the Prem because there's li- that team and it looks like a team what has been thrown together. And you know, this is what I put on my personal Twitter. Nico Williams on Talksport saying about you know when we build relationships, it will click. Well, over time, when you're training every week and playing every week, you'd think there's going to be a steady improvement. Forrest looked good against West Ham, Everton and Spurs. And then since that city, they've gone downhill. And they, they look, they're getting worse every week. 
they're just getting worse. And that, you know, you've gone from being beat 3-2 at home by Fulham, who are mid-table, to being thumped by the side who was bottom yesterday, who cannot stop shipping goals and have even kept a clean sheet against us. You know, you can't really, you know, it gets to the point now where if you can't get results against the side who are bottom shipping goals, who are you going to get results against? This, this is it. I will say, better, I will say, Leicester are suffering with false positions. To be fair, yeah, like, attackively they're excellent. They're very good. They should have been. They should have been. But that's that's unrighteousness. To be honest, like it'll be telling to see whether they actually use as a springboard or not. Because in mm. theory, Leicester, even with all their troubles and not signing anyone, they should be at worst about fourteenth mm. in the league. At worst, you still fancy them finishing the top half, really. Well, so the, I, I, the quite the league. But yeah, they got, they got a favourable run now, haven't they? So we'll see how they kick, they kick on. But, I mean, it's what still not it? good. It's still what not is good. it? The last two games, though, is it they conceded 11 goals in two games, Brighton and Spurs? Yeah. Yeah. Seen, yeah. You know, for Forrest not to score against them, and not even test ward, it's just, you know, it just wasn't good enough, unfortunately, and Forrest got what they deserved. Where do we, where do we go yeah. from here, though? Like, in terms of... Approaching the game against Aston Villa next week, obviously another Monday night game at home, um, because I don't think there's the support's there. In, in all honesty, the support is there for the team and for Steve Cooper, but the players are the ones who now need to step up and the manager because we are repeating schoolboy errors. In in all honesty, it's not very good, and and we're all people that want to stay in this division, we're not happy to go back down because why would you? That's that's poor mentality. And Steve Cooper got the, got us out of that kind of mentality of, of winning football matches. But at the moment, it's just not happening. Not we can't we're not even looking like we'll get even a point. We're not making it even difficult for teams to to play against us. That's what you'd at least expect, first and foremost, to be hard to beat and hard to play against when you've come up this division because we're looking like we couldn't give a shit at the moment. I wouldn't go that far. No, I think that's too harsh. I wouldn't go that far at all. Uh, I think you, you saw players putting effort in yesterday. It was just misplaced. You still, it was, it was, it was, it's a very disjointed side. They just played straight through us. I don't think there was a lack of effort last night. Like, if you think back to the Wolverton era, where you had like cunts like Matt Mills and Michael Mancia just like going, oh well, who cares? We conceded goals, and they'll still, I'm still getting paid. That's a lack of effort for me. Like mm. you look at the, like, you look at the. Um, Joe Lolly scoring against Bolton in an under O'Neill game and not celebrating because he was so pissed off of how things were going internally. That's put that's like not putting a shift in properly. I what I saw last night, you know, you, the players are trying. It's just that there's no it's just more it's more lack of desire for me. Of you know, you've got to when the chips are down in football, you've got to dig in. You know, and Leicester dug in last night, you know, they dug in and they got a result. Forrest like this is what Lee said in his chat, and we're feeling a bit too sorry for ourselves. And sometimes, really, you've got someone's got to roll up the sleeves, you know, grab the ball by its horns, and you know, get stuck in, and you know, put in a challenge or something. Try and get a reaction from something like Roy Keane now, but try and get a reaction from the team. But this is what I mean as well. Like Cooper's picked two captains in the summer, and now both of them have been dropped, and now he's got another captain, Steve Cook, who's. I he's not he's not a starter in the Premier League he's a squad player he's someone who you'd bring on away from home when you probably want a lot to try and help you see the game out not a starter in the Premier League 
you know, that, that's the, the back's a massive issue because we've got, apart from Nia Carter, there isn't any centre-back who I think would fill Forest fans full of confidence, really. Well, we haven't seen two of them. So, that, so what does kind of that tell you? Does that tell you that, well, yeah. you know, are they not... Because, you know, there's a narrative on Twitter that being Cone is quite good. Well, one few games I've seen him, he's not really done out for me to get this narrative personally. And that's against lower-ranked opposition. So, but I, I guess it's probably because he's got a turn of pace is the narrative. So, I don't know. But if Cooper's not picking him, you know, was he even on the bench last night? And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So we are joined by Lee Clark, finally. Hello, Lee, you all right? Are you, are you doing well? We need some comedy on this fucking podcast because it's all doom and gloom. Have you got anything to say? Um, in fact, you, know, you mentioned comedy. I've just seen that Mansfield played Derby in the Pizza Cup tonight. Oh, <laughs> I must admit, that did cheer me up a little bit. I mean, we're not quite there playing in that competition just yet, are we? No, absolutely not. I mean, we've we've spoke about how much James Madison got a freedom of the King Power Stadium last night and, and how... Where there was no press on the ball and there was no no real desire to to win a tackle or or, or do anything like that. What what's your thoughts on it? Because obviously I put out the Lee Clark slept on it thoughts. We will read a few out in a bit, but obviously I want you, we we need your input. Obviously with now you've graced us with your presence. Yeah, I must admit. I mean, I didn't do one today. I didn't do a slept on it thoughts. You kind of stole my thunder a little bit. So I, bit I do apologise that. But uh, no, in all seriousness, I think. Um, I mean, it's a strange one. I kind of went to bed last night reading the Benitez stuff and thinking, well, you know, I can't really have an opinion on it now because I was still kind of pretty angry from what I'd just watched on the pitch. And then I woke up this morning and the results just kind of paramount because Rafa Benitez, seriously, I mean, have we not learned and burned by those sort of appointments before? I mean, I mean, someone replied to me on Twitter the other week when I kind of questioned it and Oh, he won the Champions League and he's won the Europa League. Yeah, what year? I mean, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. I mean, I don't know. It's difficult. I think um, I don't know how many more. I don't know how many goals we've got to lose a game of football by before we put an extra midfielder in. To be honest, um, it's um, there's just. I mean, this podcast could probably last four hours, couldn't it? Just trying to sum up where where we're going wrong and everything. But it's just. Um, the honeymoon period's well and truly over, I think, isn't it? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. Well, I'm going to read out some of the the slept on it thoughts. Obviously, so Lee Chilvers put frustrating game. Midfield is still lost and disjointed, which we've all mentioned. Still have faith in Steve Cooper. Another manager, coach will have the same issues. Team, so stick with what we have. 
Johnny Antcliffe has put 12 points to target. They prepare for life back in our spiritual home of the championship, which is not the attitude I would like to hear. Uh, Matt Gutteridge, for the fact we had two weeks to prepare, we looked unprepared. Same problems keep cropping up game after game. Uh, Bill, number one, uh, unfortunately, way off the pace. Players didn't seem to know their positions at times. Players not gelling at all. We wasn't equipped for the Prem coming up. I feel I think we will turn it around, but possibly too late to save us. Sacking Coops is not the answer, in my opinion. So just before I get into a few more, I do want to talk about, obviously, the, the elephant in the room. That is Rafa Benitez, Reese. We'll, we'll, we'll start with you with that. But we can't be appointing someone like that. I know, I know Lee's just touched on it a little bit, but there are better managers out there if, if we were to, to change hand. It'd be another Martin O'Neill appointment, mate. It'd be someone who was good back in the day, but his time has been and gone, I'm afraid. You know, you only have to look at his last managerial job at Everton. You know, he was he was handed out after a couple of months. I know there was some bias because of the Liverpool connection, but his football's dull. He's not a charismatic manager. I don't like look at him and really think, oh, I really like to listen to him in an interview like I do Cooper. Just not not him. You know, I don't don't want Forrest to make a change. We all don't, you know, um, but not not him. If they are, if that's what they're going to do, because, you know, I don't know if any of you guys heard what Simon Jordan said about him earlier on TalkSport. I need the nail on the head. You know, if Maranaka supports him, then he deserves everything he gets because... He's not the right manager for Forest, you know. He's like he's like a, a Spanish Chris Hutton, really. I know <laughs> Lee likes the Spanish Alan Pardew, but he's he's just not he's not a Forest manager. He is, and and you know, I hope they, I hope they don't go down that route of going them if they end up making a change. Because you know, let let let's let's be honest about it, and none of us want Coop to go. But if we I personally thought, I know Christian's just said it as well, I thought the corner flag pitch should be appearing this morning, personally. Um, if we lose to Villa, I, I think it will 110% be appearing as much as, you know, like we just said, we don't want that because, you know, there's no smoke without firing and there's already been links to, but like we said, to Benitez and, you know, Sean Dyche and that. Yeah, but, you know that game's massive Monday night now. It's a shame it's it's a shame in quicker turnaround, shame in Saturday really. Yeah, Christian, I know uh, Cooper came into the situation, which is what we're in now virtually. But do you want to see him still get time, especially at least till the World Cup, to turn it around, or are you edging towards making a change? And and if so, who who would you go for personally? Oh no, like I'm. Unconditionally behind um, Cooper. I don't see who we could get to be better. I don't, I, everyone's like, again, it's just short termism again. Like thinking, oh, so and so might do better. Like, I mean, the fact of the matter, you've got other Premier League clubs, established Premier League clubs like Wolves and Brighton, who have kept an eye on Cooper. Other Premier, like, I wouldn't be surprised if Villa were looking at Cooper, to be honest, in the, in the event Gerard goes. And you think, okay, who can we get that's going to be better than that? And you think, if we go down, Cooper's just taken us up with, what's it, a team thrown together free transfers and the odd marquee player here and there and loans. Again, who's, again, he would take us back up again in theory. So if he's backed and, you know, or he, he wouldn't be bad, just have to keep the team together, really. So, you know, you have, it's, it's most of a bigger picture thing. I don't, 
sacking keeper would be stupid because I don't see who, again, you parachute someone in, it might work for four games. Like if Benitez at Everton, he worked for four games out of the first six. They went, what, 14 games without a win? Hmm. We do that, we're down, especially after our start. So what's the point? I No, I mean, I, I, no, I, I think keepers should get the season, personally. I know that might sound defeatist. It might sound sort of like, oh, but what if we go down sort of thing? Really, he should get next one too. But ultimately, Maranakis isn't exactly a bigger picture person. We know this. And it's not up to us, really. But I just hope that fucking Christ it isn't Benitez. I'll take off a sport, I swear to God. It would be disastrous <laughs> for Forrest. Absolutely disastrous. I mean, all jokes aside, it would be worse than O'Neill. It would be worse than McLeish. It would be worse than uh, Hewton. It would be worse than every single time uh, McLaren... Joking, throw them yeah. all together, yeah. Throw them all together, <laughs> and this clown will come out worse. Like you think, all the things that make Cooper good as a manager—that he's such a good man, manager, such a good motivator, he's great with people. Rafa's just cold. Like you had Stephen Gerrard saying that I like, wouldn't even give you a well done no matter how well he played, and like you know that might work for some players. It won't work for the type of people that we've signed. I no, like it's not worth it, and the football would be atrocious. All Milites does, it's like divide and rule, basically. Mm-hmm. So, like, players will be frozen out. Creative players especially will be frozen out. Look at how he, like, well, basically sabotaged Everton. There's no other word for it. It's not a job. It was assassination attempts. You had, what, like, Hamish Rodriguez was booting out the club. You know, the most creative player from the season before. You know, they signed Andros Townsend to fill in for him. <laughs> like, like, the guy, like, the guy, in no way... He shouldn't, he shouldn't be allowed to work in professional football again after the job he did at Everton because it was that bad. And we're saying, oh, he could have been part of Forest. Like, I, I, I can't stress enough how I think, you know, out of all the, I could take relegation. I could take, you know, you could take losing games. You can take getting beat, even getting thrashed like we have done recently. Okay, you, you look at it, bigger picture for K. Look at what Cooper's had to deal with. All the players have to gel. He's still figuring out his best team. He's still figuring out his best formation. Could he have done that quicker? Maybe. Is he without fault? Of course not. Would it be better with Rafa Benitez? Like, what kind of fucking crack are you smoking for that to be mere question? Like, forget it. I, I, like, I, honestly, like, it was... Obviously, my, my support for Forrest is unconditional, but I would have serious apprehensions about a reservation story, about spending X amount of money and travelling all around the country to watch them, knowing it would be absolute turgid shite, in which case that prick comes out afterwards and starts gassing off at fans for not supporting them enough and getting booed off every game. It would be a total, total disaster. Christian will be well, opening it, his it, auctioning it, uh, of tickets. Uh, after, it, after he fell out with the um, director of football, didn't he? Everton, that Marshall. He falls out with everybody. And then, and then he, got, he, got, he got booted out the door, that brand. And then a few weeks later, he has got sacked. Yeah. Mm. Like, uh, it's, it's, uh, Ever again, selling Luca Dean two weeks before they sacked Benitez. Yeah, that was, yeah. Yeah, they didn't, stupidity. They did not, yeah, they did not have a left back then as well until yeah, the side Nikolenko, didn't they? Like, and to be fair, we all say yeah. like, okay, we'll sort of turn those up a little bit at Lampard. Lampard's actually done a fairly good recovery job there, yeah. like all things yeah. considered, because the mess that he was left to inherit was way worse than what Cooper got with us from Houston. That's how bad Benitez is. <laughs> to be fair, like, you, Lampard, said earlier, you said earlier, he's a Spanish Chris Houston. I don't think he's that fucking good. <laughs> His shelf life expired 10, 15 years ago. Do not even consider it. I mean, have they lost since they drew with us Everton? Since the uh, no, goal? No. I don't think six, they have. Six or seven games they've, they've gone on. They've got the best defence in the league at the minute as well. Mm. Yeah, they're well, doing really... They've got experienced players at the back, Cody and Tarkovsky, mm. you know. I think we, we was linked with Tarkovsky, weren't we? So, yeah. yeah, good player at this level. Lee, obviously, we're in a support of 
of Steve Cooper and people have got to quickly remember and obviously we've already touched upon this that football fans have very short memories but this is early his fourth season in charge of a senior team are you happy to give him the rest of the season if we go down so be it because you look at someone like Burnley and they stuck with Sean Dyche and then they went back up and they stayed up for a good well nearly up to 10 years with with pretty much no budget and pretty much the same team I think bar bar maybe the odd the odd addition here and there but are you happy for us to have that stability and, and keep with him? Yeah I am I think um, whilst Christian was talking there I'd I wrote two names down. One was Dyche and Burnley and the other was Farker and Norwich. I mean, nobody wants to be a Norwich. Nobody wants to be the team that kind of notoriously finishes bottom of the Premier League year after, well, every other year, should I say. Um, but I think what they did kind of at board level agree on was that if they went down, they'd all go down together with the intention of Farker, an extremely good championship manager, uh, to get them back into the Premier League. Now, Norwich look like they're going to come back up again. Um, so whether Dean Smith can kind of do what Farker couldn't and actually keep them there, that I guess that remains to be seen. I guess with Norwich, the difference is they they kind of cut their cloth accordingly and they don't go and plunge hundred and fifty odd million that Marinakis has. Um, so that is the difference. Um, I'm not saying the situation's completely um, the same. I think Stuart Webber is, as much as I hate to say it, I think he's very uh, data driven, isn't he? Um, which I know pleases lots of people, but whatever floats your boat. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think obviously the situation is different, but I think it's 23 years since we last got into the Premier League. I mean, Steve Cooper is probably the best manager we've had in that whole, well, like Stuart Pearce said this morning, no other manager, including, including him, you know, been able to get us back to the promised land. So why would you then turn around to eight games? Yeah, I know the performances haven't been very good and I know that we're, we're making fundamental errors, but it is still essentially eight games of the season. And I think I went to bed last night kind of thinking, if he goes, he goes now after watching that. But then I got up again this morning and I thought, that is incredibly harsh. He gave he gave us the most, well, he gave me personally the most enjoyable season that I've ever had watching Forest. And bearing in mind when I was, whew, how old would I have been? Eight or nine? I was watching Forest play Bayern Munich in the, the, the UEFA Cup. Um, and I can still vaguely remember those nights. And for me, you know, the Steve Cooper season was, you know, head and shoulders above that. So I kind of felt a little bit bad with myself for kind of going to bed with that thought of, oh, do you know what? If he goes, he goes. But yeah, I would happily, like, I agree with everything that Christian's just said. I just think he's, a, he's an exceptional championship manager. He's proved that with us. He's proved that with Swansea. So I hate to break it to Marinakis, but because you spend that money in your first season of the Premier League club, particularly after 23 years out, and, and after going up with six or seven loan players, it, to, to sort of automatically be presuming that you're going to stay up is just absolutely bonkers. And I've got to be honest, I don't, I don't think it would matter who comes in. We'd still, it'd be the same group of players. We'd, yeah, we might have a little bounce. Like Christian said, if it was Benitez, for example, he might come in and not lose for three games, but then we might, we might not win for three months again. And then what we're going to do is Benitez going to stay with us in the championship? Probably not. So then you need another new manager. I would just stick with Cooper. I just, I think for me, we were always, I know that some people said, oh, they might be the surprise package. But for me, after so long out and the situation with our squad that won promotion, I think we were always going to be facing a real fight to get that 17th spot this year. If we got relegated, 
does it matter if you go down with 12 points or does it matter if you go down on the last day of the season? Probably not. You're essentially playing championship football for another season. And if that is the case, there's no one I want in our corner than, you know, more than Steve Cooper. There is one thing I will say, if anything, I don't think it's us keeping Cooper that would be the issue with whether Cooper actually wants to stay. Mm. I think I, I think what Lisa very is earlier is very true. The result against Leicester very quickly became a, a sideshow. As soon as that um, announcement broke about you know that fucking football terrorist being linked with the job, it was very much like okay, we'll ignore that. It's sort of, if anything, it's sort of battened down the hatches a bit. I think it's reinforced like the support. Like if they were like, I'm sure they do because you know as we heard before from Dan, you know they're very active, very they're watching every move on social media. Forest like they'll have like you know burner accounts and all sorts they would have seen the reaction on twitter and had the support the widespread support cooper got i wouldn't be surprised about influence i think tonight at all yeah i mean would not I, in the slightest which is a concern it's so right because that's very reactionary much like the fawaz days was so yeah. look at twitter and gauge your opinion on that the being the being naive if they don't think that fans are going to be behind cooper after what he's done for the club you know yeah. all them all the managers we had in them 23 years literally every manager under the sun style manager, you know, someone who's got a good CV, a former legend, a former player, every kind of manager we had, and he was the man to do it, and from the bottom of the league as yep. well. I think um, a tight, every manager's got a shelf life, we know that. Cooper's nowhere near. He's still a young manager, yeah. and, you know, there's jobs available in the Premier League at the minute, you know, Wolves is available, Villa could be available soon. Um, you know, there was rumours he was on a shortlist at Brighton. So, you know, his, stock, his stock's there as well, you know what I mean? It's not like we've got a, a manager like Chris Hewton whose stock's, like, deteriorating because he's, you know, becoming more towards a fossil kind of manager. And, yeah, it, it, if they're, they're, they're naive if they think they're going to come on social media and Forest fans want Cooper out. It's just I, not going to happen. I think it was similar to the situation of, there was the rumour, obviously, of us having a betting company as our sponsor and a lot of people were very object to that and then it seems like we never got one in the end because I think that's what was going to happen and they seen the reaction and I think this will probably be a similar thing that news would have broke out from John Percy and everyone's going I mean I put the meme from the office of uh, Michael uh, just doing the whole no go god no and just shouting no for, for however long he does it on, on that show couldn't see and- him turning down 10 million for a few fans reaction on Twitter personally. Well, well, yeah, no, yeah, but that's it. That's a different proposition. If another club yeah. poaching from us, that's no. I'm, that's on, I'm com- on about. I'm on about the sponsorship. Oh, it's, the sponsorship. If, if thing, a gambling yeah. company offered Forest what they wanted, Forest should have it on front of the shirts. Wow, 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 wow. Well, that's irrelevant. Yeah, but anyway, we need to. We do need to kind of move on and and talk about the Villa game, obviously, because I would like everyone's opinions of. How we're going to approach it? What would you change? Obviously, the the whole three man midfield kind of conundrum is is a big one. Uh, Lee, I'm going to obviously start with you because you've not joined us for, for the whole podcast yet. You're too busy, man. Um, but what? How would you go about it? What, what would you change personnel wise, etc.? What What's your game plan if you're Steve Cooper's right hand man? Say, well, I, I think whoever you play in a number ten position. It isn't going to be capable of, like we used to put Garner in there, didn't we? And he was very capable of tracking back all game and getting back. And I like Morgan Gibbs, right? I think he's good. I think he's going to be a really good player in the future, certainly. But it's not his game to be tracking back and, and asking Lingard to do it is just a complete waste of time. So I think we sack that off. I think we go... We, I, I, 
I don't like I said at the start of this, I don't understand how many teams we've got to get absolutely battered by before we put three in midfield. Um the amount of space that Leicester had last night was frankly embarrassing at times. Uh, it was just it was like a training match, particularly in that first 30 minutes, I think it was. Um so if you're asking me for personnel, I'd, I I don't do you know what? I don't actually think Yates was that bad when he came on last night. I thought he, he put himself about what was really interesting about him, I thought, was that the first time he got the ball, he got dispossessed and you thought, here we go again. But then actually he was probably one of the only players I thought who got the ball and didn't actually absolutely shit himself every time he got on it. Um, so do you know what? Credit where it's due. And I think Cooper clearly likes him. He clearly fancies him. So I'd probably stick him in there, possibly with O'Brien. And then... Got to put Mangala back in, haven't you, really? Yeah, I think he's got to. I, I'm going to say, I'd, it's one of them where you kind of don't want him to break down again, but I think now he's had a little cameo, you've got to put Mangala in there. I think um, that said, I do like Froiler. I think, I don't, not I like Froiler, that's wrong. I think having seen clips from him at Atlanta, he's got something about him. Um, saw a bit of the Switzerland game the other week as well, and he looks a completely different player. So whether that's just a, he can't adapt to the Premier League, I'm not sure. Um I would certainly like to see more of him. That's what I perhaps should have said. Um, Coyote, I don't know. I just think he looked really, really clumsy and off mm-hmm. it last night. Um, possibly our worst player. So uh, I'm not sure about that option. But yeah, Mangal has got to play. I'd like to see O'Brien get a run of games. And probably if we go with a three, then after based on last night's showing, you probably put Yates in there as well. Yeah, and then... Joe like going up the other end of the field up top, but you're playing two wide players and then with a one knee or, or or Dennis or however you want to see it or, or what, yeah, what, what are you doing? Are we being a bit I think more I compact? <laughs> I think on the basis that we perhaps, I think it's probably, you're going to have to play. Gibbs White's not going to spend too much time on the bench, is he, given the money we've paid for him? Um I don't think Johnson's done enough. I, I'm not sure. I, it, it sounds really harsh to say it again. We're eight games into the season. He's eight games into his Premier League career. But have we seen enough to warrant him getting a shirt just based on what he's done this season? I'm not sure he has because he just looked... I mean, that chance last night, I know he probably didn't expect the keeper to save it, but his awareness and, I mean, the ball, he didn't just fail to trap it. It kind of went... I mean, the one from the ward saved. I think Alan yeah, yeah. had the shot, didn't he? Yeah. He didn't just fail to trap it. It kind of went 20 yards away from him. And mm. it's, it's just, it, it, I, I don't know why players like that. I mean, one thing that I thought Johnson was amazing at last year was he always looked confident. He always looked bright. He always looked like he wanted to make a difference. And for some reason, he's like a rabbit in the headlights this season. Yeah. Um, again, he's 21. You're not going to wash your hands with him or anything like that. But I don't think a spell on the bench would probably hurt him. Maybe if it's just one game. Um Dennis, we're going to have to see more of Dennis, aren't we? I suppose 20 million quid. Um, but then again, that's because say that about most players. Most players have cost us between 10 and 20. So someone's not going to be playing every week who costs a lot of money. So I'd probably play Gibbs White. Um, yeah, I'd probably play Awani up front. And maybe for the Villa game, I'd go with Dennis on the left, Queen yeah. inside. Weirdly, I actually said before you joined us, um, that I thought Johnson, that was Johnson's best game last night in terms of actually being a little bit more effective in terms of actually trying to get down the line and, and cause a few issues and, and make them run back towards their own goal. But that's a, but like you say, over eight games, it's not been good enough. 
I think just to just to touch on Johnson finally, I think maybe he's perhaps falling into what I've often often said about Joe Lolly a lot, um, particularly over the last 18 months. Perhaps he kind of because he's forest born and bred, maybe he's caring a bit too much. He's trying a bit too hard again. Um, it was a similar situation with the the one where he kind of went to take it around the keeper. I think if he just hits that first time with his right foot and tries to dink it over it, I, I don't know. It, again, he, he's the he's the pro player and I'm not, but he just seemed like a player that's a bit shy of confidence, that's all. And I'm not sure why he is, because we all know that on his days, he is our match winner. Yeah, definitely. Rhys, I want to talk to you about the back line, especially Renan Lodi, because he looked like Renan Liddell yesterday, to be honest. He was fucking crap. Um, for a guy who could potentially cost us 35 million if we stay in this league, I'm not sure if I'd be willing to pay that from what I've seen. And I know it's been a baptism of fire for him, but in all honesty, he doesn't look like he can defend. Whereas Harry Toffolo looked like he could defend and go forward a little bit, at least, for me. The thing is with Laddie, he's come from two sides in Atletico Madrid and Brazil, who, especially, you know, Brazil, you know, Atletico Madrid as well, against the lesser side in La Liga, who are probably going to be on the front foot. So as a wing-back, your quality is more attacking, in my opinion. And, you know, he's not really been allowed to do that that much and when he has his final ball hasn't been good enough but you know Madison penned him in last night so many times and that one where he put him on his backside you know I think that was only about five minutes in wasn't it and I thought oh this is going to be a long night Um, but you know we were talking about a Brazilian international here and someone who's played in the Champions League and not Man United out of the Champions League last year so I don't, I don't, I don't know you know it was harsh on Toffolo to be fair um, dropping him because he was decent but when you're bringing in someone of that quality on paper Laddie he's going to go straight in the team isn't he really um, you know like Leisha said I think it's it's a lack of confidence throughout the whole side you know he's and he's another one of that Laddie you can just tell I just there's just little moments you can just tell just really struggling with confidence like Brennan Johnson when it come back to him last night the season he'd have touched that and smashed it in no doubt, you know, and then like Lee said, he tried to trap him, and then he went out for a throw. You know, <laughs> that's just there was like one point in the game where Leicester have cleared it, and it's come straight to the feet of Scott McKenna, and all he had to do is he had literally no one within ten yards of him. All he had to do is take a touch. He literally hoofed it straight back to him first time on the volley. Mm. I'm just like, just put his foot on the ball, come on. You know, just, you know, get hold of the ball for a little bit. And we're, at the minute, we're lacking that much confidence. And when you've got a player like James Madison, who literally isn't lacking in confidence, that's the damage. The damage was done mostly by him last night. Um, defensively, pff, you know, I don't know what to say. I mean, Nico Williams must be close to being suspended. He must, I think he's had four or five cards now. Definitely four, isn't it? I think it said three on Sky. I think it's flashed up three on Sky when he got surprised by that. I thought it was more than that. But I thought Aurier second half come on did all right. You know, would he put himself in the window to start? You know, obviously, I think a lot of fans would rather now see Toffolo come in for Lodi. But the problem is, it's the centre-halves, like we mentioned earlier in the podcast before Lee come on. You know, who do you put your hat on to start at centre-half? You know, 
<laughs> I think they've all been wrote off by most. And we're you know, crying out you, for Neocate to come yeah, back, you, aren't we? Yeah, obviously, of course. But and then you, you know, like you said, Adam, you, you go with Bardi and being Connie, but they're not even getting ahead of the centre halves who've been wrote off. So, <laughs> no, you know, no. what, so what's the answer? I just, I just don't know. And, Get Riley you know, Harbottle back from Mansfield because yeah. he's doing a bit, isn't he? Yeah, um, <laughs> is, is Matt Mills available again? <laughs> but I don't know what the answer is, mate. And that's obviously the problem for Steve because he's trying to find the answer at the minute it just isn't coming for him yeah but yeah turned into Beckenbauer without really playing oh yeah <laughs> we, met, we mentioned him earlier but you know like you know we've got to play with free midfield it was literally a spam of football manager you're getting over running midfield being spammed last night and we just you know they got four quality central midfield players we had two and Kuyate who's you know knocking on a bit and if you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know you're going to lose a midfield battle. And in the Premier League, you lose that and you're struggling. Yeah. Uh, just before we get into predictions, Christian, I just quickly want to ask you, um, obviously Villa at home on Monday night next week, again on, on Monday Night Football, how would you approach the game? Obviously, because we're, we're on a massive rot, but we're, we're the home team and the onus will be on us to take it to Villa a little bit. But because of how poor we've been and the confidence kind of uh, issue would you be reluctant to go gung-ho would you be would you be happier to be a little bit more solid at least um I think to be honest what we should do regardless is just play um I think play your best team again but I I, I always talk about tactics and formations and like approaches I think the best thing we could do is either go back to the three four one two because that's what the players have been brought into know wanting to play, or go for a four three three. I think it's got to be either one of those two. If it's a four two three one again, we'll get destroyed. Uh, just because again, it's just familiarity. The first the first, if we go back to three to uh, three four, uh, whatever it is, three four yeah, uh, our usual shape. Then that's familiarity. If we go to the four three three, then obviously we're trying something to combat being overrun. So either or it would be fine for me. And again, it's just personnel. I mean, you've, you've got to play your best. I, I again, you go with what you know, I suppose. So I mean, it'd probably be Warrell. I'd probably start Warrell at the back. Um, and hope Neo has made a miraculous. Yeah, I hope he made a miraculous recovery. I think I think it, there was it, talk it, that he almost made the bench last night, but wasn't quite ready. But I'm not sure. About yeah, that. well, hopefully he is for next week then, because yeah. God, yeah, he says it's a huge, huge loss. And then, um, but. Yeah, and then obviously if it's if it's O'Brien and Mangano as a midfield too, they'll cover the ground. They will mm. cover the ground, and they'll get you know. Okay, it's not ideal. There's still obviously chance that you do get pushed out. But they'll cover the ground. I start Oriate right back as well. If it's right wing back, even better, because if you have him and Lodi, or if it's him and Toffler, whoever, you've still got a balance of pace to get back, and it's more in line with what we would have had last year. If it's say Toffler and Oriate, then you've got you know the solidity of Colback and Spence's pace. So you've got something that the back three would be somewhat, and the rest of the team would be familiar used to. Mm. So it's got to be just, you know, going back to what you know, going back to what we know works, and then we'll just have to see what we'll go from there. Yeah. While, while I've got you, let's get your prediction first of all then. I'll be optimistic. <laughs> um, I think that the players obviously like Cooper a lot. Again, again, much like there are a few suggestions that they've just down tools because that's just not true. I think with the crowd, the crowd will go into that game as well, knowing full well it, it could be Le Cooper's last game. 
and given the popularity he has there at the club and will have potentially forever, um, they'll turn it into a one-off night like like we had last year. And um, with that in mind, and I think the players, you'll get, you'll get a response to the players as well because they, they, they'll read everything that we read. They'll know, they'll see all the press, they'll be told from their agents, they'll, be, they'll see it on their phones, whatever. They'll know full well this could be Cooper's last game if, they, if we lose or draw. And I think they'll give everything. And I think we're probably fortunate that we are playing I know we've said this, we're fortunate we're playing a Leicester team that's shipping goals, we're fortunate we're playing Bournemouth and Fulham so early. We are fortunate we're playing a Villa side that are in trouble. You know, the fans fucking hate Gerrards. They doesn't seem to know his best team. Things don't seem to be going particularly well. They are somewhat under pressure. Again, maybe being bailed out by the fact that their CEO is Gerrards' mate from Liverpool. So, you know, I, it'll be interesting how they approach the game, but I think they're there to be got at. And I think you could see... Uh, hopefully a more of a return to the old forest that we know Cooper can get us playing. So with that in mind, we're very ambitious and say we're going to win 3-1. Right, Lee, let's make it quick. Yeah, um, yeah, very quickly. I would just like to say that I think the worst bit about everything that's going off at Forest at the moment is there's a section of supporters that seem to buzz off the negativity. And I think that's completely wrong. I think as supporters, everyone has got a right to be negative about results and performances, that sort of stuff. We, that's what we pay money for and that's what makes sport great. But there's certain fans who seem really, really smug when it comes to things going wrong. And I think on that basis, I'm going to predict a morale-boosting win. I think the City ground will be rocking because, especially if Cooper's still in charge, which it looks like he will be, um, I think it's going to be 2-1. And I think Sam Surridge is going to step off the bench and repay the faith that Cooper has showed in him. Nice. Reese. Yeah, just to add on to Lee's point as well, I mean, God, the stick we got for this pod off a lot of people after the Bournemouth game, you know, how we was knee-jerking, was this and that. Well, I'm sure we could have rubbed it in his face, in their faces after three defeats on the spin when we're capitulated, but we'd rather be proved wrong. I'd rather be sat in after with one free wins on the spin and, well, we beat Fulham and beat Leicester and we, oh, it was knee-jerk after the Bournemouth game, but you know that's how it is, and that. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. <laughs> Christ, you know, I'm letting my heart rule my head. But you, you've got to, you know, that's what you're in the business of football for. And as a fan, you've got to hope. And I'm gonna agree with Lee's scoreline that will win two one. You know, personally, if you, if you could, you know, like Christian just said, is it it nail on the head? You know you kind of draw your ideal fixture list and Forrest have kind of added it and you've got another game really against a side who are struggling for goals and couldn't beat 10 men on Sunday. Um, so hopefully we can um, prey on that and um, yeah, get a result at home and, you know, the crowd's got to stay with the team and we've got to be up for it and try and get that win home for the lads. Nice one. So I think for me, it's it's a tough game, and my my heart says we'll we'll win one nil, and somehow just really scrape the barrel of just dogged and actually be quite solid against Villa. But because they don't score a lot of goals, but they don't really concede too too many either, and they've had a few positive results under Gerard, so they are capable. But I think my my head says we'll we'll, we'll potentially draw one one, um, and it will be probably. I don't want to say it, but it could be could be uh could be the end of Cooper if, if Maranak has got anything to say about it. But maybe hopefully Dane Murphy and, and Nicholas Randall can kind of talk it around of 
that it's we need a little bit more patience, but we'll see on Monday night. But hopefully it'll be something positive that we can come back to talk to you all next week when we come, when we come back on the red side of the trend. So thank you very much for joining us and we'll see you next time. Come on, you Reds. Just a quick one as well from all of us on this podcast. This is something that we all share and it's something that myself and I'm sure the other guys have noticed as well is that a lot of people, especially Forest fans, as that's what mostly I do have on my Twitter, um, seeming to struggle a little bit with their mental health at the minute. You know, if you are struggling, um, by all means, message the pod and one of us will reply to you or message somebody on Twitter, you know, use the Forest timeline with the hashtag or just to make sure you talk to somebody rather than doing anything silly. Um, there is plenty of options out there. You know, if you also want to talk to someone in confidence, there's, you know, charities like Mind who will help you. Um, but just make sure you just talk to somebody rather than, you know, doing anything silly. I think that's um, an important message to relay um, to anybody who listens to the pod who might be struggling at this time. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.